I'm Coach Thomas Scott, and if you're listening or watching this podcast, it means one thing. You want to learn how to get buckets from the best in the world. This is the Hoopers Podcast. This is Buckets and Breakdowns. Welcome to another episode, a very special episode of Buckets and Breakdowns. I mean, I got a legend here, fan favorite. This guy's known me since I've been a little kid, man. And uh, <laughs> I saw him and thought I had a chance <laughs> when I was a kid to play in the NBA. Standing at five foot three, the legend, Muggsy Bogues. Yes, sir. Thank you for coming and joining us on this show. Oh, it's my pleasure, brother. It's my pleasure, man. I'm proud of you. You know, it's a journey. You know, it's a journey to have this platform that you're on. And I'm honored to be here with you and uh, chit-chat and talk about some of the good things that happened in my life as well as in yours. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. Uh, the good folks at Ballers Life have provided me the platform. And uh, I've always seen myself as lucky, blessed, fortunate to be a kid that loved the game was exposed to the game very young, but then got the chances to be around guys like yourself, ask you guys questions, get in your way. And, <laughs> and I just want to share like these kind of conversations I'm able to have with the world and inspire the next generation of athletes, coaches, parents, uh, anybody that just loves the game of basketball. So thank you for your time again. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, that's good. I mean, because we got to use our platform. I mean, that's what we have to do, especially once we get to a position where we, you know, our voice matters and, and it reaches, you know, an audience that can, you know, properly inspire and hopefully, you know, some kind of inspiration to become who they want to become. And, um, and as you, you know, as you say, doing your journey and, and now here it is, you know, on the other side, you know, on the analyst and talking about, you know, different types of, you know, social issues as well as basketball issues and, you know, what's going on in life. You know, that's just what, how, you know, life evolves. And I'm just, again, um, you know, seeing you and watching this and, you know, knowing what your pops has, has meant in terms of raising his kids, man, this is, this is a joy. So, you know, I'm happy to be here to talk about some, some little basketball, whatever you want to share with. Yes, sir. Well, I, I kind of want to start from the beginning, man, and uh, kind of work through your journey. You've been such an inspiration to to all of us. Um, and I want to start from, you know, when you, you first started realizing you can get buckets, man. What, what was that like? How did you know you had the confidence to play this game? Well, you know, as a kid growing up in the city of Baltimore, you know, every kid out there wanted to play basketball, it seemed though. So, you know, me being small, I want to join that crew too. I want to be part of it. And because of your size, you know, you get criticized and you get talked about and all the jokes, jokes came with it. And, um, and it was tough early on. Um, but, you know, as you learn the game, as you get more skillful at the game and you're able to now take your frustration out on the court with your skill set, you know, that allowed me to, you know, you know, climb the ladders, you know, and I felt like in my mindset was if I play against the best, if I had success against the best, you know, I need to be included with the best. So having that understanding of the game and each level as a kid, you know, and uh, but I really was thankful for the, the gentleman in our neighborhood by the man named Leon Howard. 
kind of taught me and Reggie Williams, you know, Reggie Williams, who was fortunate enough to make it in the NBA as well. Um, you know, we both was touched by him and by him giving me that information, um, him being tall and I'm being small, uh, but it still resonated and related to the game. We understood the game and, um, and that really allowed us to propel and, and kind of really, you know, excel in the game of basketball. Yeah, man, I, 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 we all have had that person that kind of sees something in us and, and, and gives us that that motivation. Um, but is there somebody that you saw, like when you were watching the game, like I, I watched a guy like yourself that was like, man, if I can do what he can do, man, I can, I can make it. Yeah, I mean, for me, a lot of people was talking about, well, you need to watch a guy named Tony Archibald. Tony Archibald, then when I looked at Tony Archibald, she Tony was 6'1". So mm. he wasn't too tiny to me. So, <laughs> you know, my, my vision had to go elsewhere. And, of course, I heard about Marty, uh, Charlie Chris and, and uh, Calvin Murphy, those guys. But I had a guy right in my neighborhood. His name was Dwayne Wood. And mm -hmm. I think Cole would have been – he would – I think he would have been able to go in and make it to the NBA if he would have chose to go to Georgia as opposed to Virginia State. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, that's here and there. Uh, but he had – he was small. You know, he was diminutive. And the way he played the game and how he approached the game, it was something that kind of similar to how I like playing. And uh, he was a very aggressive on offensively, uh, defensively, and the way he stole the basketball. And I kind of took a little bit of, you know, stuff that he had and, and applied it to my game. And, you know, I became that guy, you know, that pest, that guy that nobody wanted to drill the ball around, um, you know, guy that, Pushing the ball down your throat, you know, no knowing what, no, you know, no telling what he's going to do with the ball, score or dish it off to his teammates. So, having that understanding as a youngster, man, that really slowed the game down for me and allowed me knowing that I can make other guys better as well as make other guys better as well mm -hmm. as myself. Yeah, man, you know, it, it's so awesome just thinking back on memories, watching some of your highlights and stuff, man. You used to steal the ball from guys that ain't even know they didn't even have the ball anymore. You know, they tried to do that spin move on you. It was a wrap. I remember, you know, you matching up with Magic back in the days, man. It was so inspiring, man. Like, obviously, I grew up a Laker fan, but I was still, you know, rooting for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um How'd you pick up that knack of timing to, 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 to steal the ball from guys? Well, that was something instinctively, you know, something that, you know, being close to the ball and uh, understanding what that ball and how guys dribble. You know, one thing about dribble and dribbling, you know, guys don't change their tendencies. You know, pretty much have the same tendency, whichever way, how they like to come up to court, you know, if they want to try to react a certain way. And, and I kind of studied that and understood your tendencies and, yeah, and that was something, and, and the timing of it as well. You know, you can't, once the ball goes down, you can't stop it from going down. So okay. having that understanding when to shoot the gap, when that ball goes down, it, it gives you, you know, that advantage, I, I'll say for myself, in terms of being right there where that ball is. And, you know, and for me, everything you had to do was had to be, you know, looked at as how you can gain some sort of advantage, you know, because of the height disparity. But you know, for me, I never looked at it that, that way. I looked at it as the strength and the skill set that I had. So I always kind of focusing kind of more geared towards that to allowed me to, to play the game to the highest level. Yeah, man. Like, even me, right? Like, I 
I feel like the smaller guys have a major advantage. A lot of people look at the disadvantages, especially personnel, uh, you know, making decisions on who belongs on the team, on a roster, uh, and stuff like that. I spent some times in the G League, and there was guys that can really hoop. But in, in, in the management's eyes, you know, maybe they were undersized. But the advantages you have, you can push the ball, you can get into gaps that people can't get into, and you're able to find people. Um, so I, I always look at the positives uh, of somebody that has the speed that you have. But like when I, when I look at your, your physical stature, man, you had these trunks, man. Like, <laughs> and then back in the day, the shorts was a lot smaller. You know, uh, what kind of stuff were you doing to even though you had the speed, the quickness, but to even improve it and then sustain your strength? Obviously, people try to get physical with you. But, you know, how were you able to uh, maximize your body and your strength? Well, luckily for me, it was genetic. You know, I wasn't a guy that lift weights early on in my career as a kid. Um, I played multiple sports. I played baseball. I wrestled. Wrestle was a bit of oh, a yeah. Uh, passion that I had in playing uh, growing up. Uh, I played football, but uh, but I always had that 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 thick structure, mm-hmm. and uh, and then they daily came from I guess just being athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I got in high school, you know that never changed. You know, even though coach my coach Wade, he was able to implement the bricks and the uh, sandbags on your back, where that mm-hmm. kind of ser- served as. I guess weights and that sort of thing, and that kind of helped you get stronger, your grip as well as your your lower body. Um, but other than that, you know, that was just uh, genetics for me. Um, again, um, in, in the game, you know, you said advantage and disadvantage. It's all about the skill set. You know, the guys that undersize. You know, we just have skill sets that understand how to play. You know, we just know how to play the game and know how to crowd space. We know how to, you know, play a bigger, taller guy where he's not taking advantage of, you know, that height. So, you know, it's all about the skill set what a guy brings to the table um, because we have a lot of short guys who, you know, is not as skillful, um, but a lot of short guys that are very skillful. So it goes hand in hand. It's like you got tall guys who are not as skillful just because, you know, they're tall and you got some skills from tall guys as well. For sure. For sure. That's the game of basketball. So, you know, your younger years, you're playing, you're working yourself within the ranks. You, you started to mention high school. Um, can you give us a little bit of uh, light of your high school years, man? Because I watched the documentary of your, of your team and where you, where you came from. Uh, man, you guys had a squad, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a, we had a crew. We had a crew. <laughs> you know, we had myself, uh, Reggie Williams, mm-hmm. uh, who also uh, got drafted number four in the NBA. Uh, in 1987, then we had the late Reggie Laws, may rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Reggie got drafted with Boston. And then, of course, we had David Wingate, who was already in the league, uh, with Philadelphia 76. So, you know, we, we made history in 1987. The three of us being able to get drafted uh, in 87, you know, that was the first time any time three players came out the same high school, went awesome. in the same draft. Uh, but not only just the uh, our starters and Reggie Lewis, you know, he came off the bench that year. Mm. You know, he was a guy that he was a six man, um, and we had guys that who was like who was the second unit with Division One players. Mm. Guys that all went to Division One school, so we had some talented players, guys that 
played in some very great universities, Syracuse, UNLV, South Carolina, mm -hmm. uh, Miami, and you go on. You know, the guys was uh, fortunate enough to, you know, challenge us every day at practice because we always said we had the number one team in the country, but we had the number two team as well. Mm. Our guys was that good. Awesome. Man, that's that's a bar right there. That's major. Yeah. So, you know, your high school years, they take you to Wake Forest. Uh, talk about that whole process of even, you know, being being a high school player. Uh, you have you have success. Now you got the recruitment process. Was that was that a struggle for you to, you know, get a, a scholarship or did it? Well, I'm it sorry. Was. Well, no, no, struggling to get a scholarship. You know, you, we was the number one team in the nation, and, you know, we was highly sought after, I should say. We had the number one player in the country, which was Reggie Wayne. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, so we had all sorts of schools that was, you know, knocking on your door. Uh, for me, it was Virginia, uh, Seton Hall. Um, you know, Maryland was a non-official, but I wasn't really interested in going to Maryland. They, they, there was something that down the street from us. Uh, Team Boston University. You know, for me, it was came down between Seton Hall, Big East, ACC, um, and, and it was a no-brainer. You know, Wake Forest was the best situation for myself. Uh, it was a really tough conference during the time. I felt like it was the best conference in the country, uh, mm -hmm. playing against the likes of the Michael Jordans and the Kenny Smiths and Spud Webbs and you know Mark Price, and you keep going down the line of the late Lenny Fives. Um, so it was a great, it was a tough conference. And I felt like my mom and them could just turn the TV on every Saturday and, and watch their baby play because they couldn't afford to be traveling and going to games. So that was a comfort, but in the school within itself in Wake Forest, it was a challenge. I knew on and off the court uh, that it would make me to the man that I wanted to be. And uh, and I'm so thankful that, you know, I made that decision. That's awesome. What is, what is your, your best memory plan? in college and wait for us a game or a matchup or what's your best memory from playing college? Yeah, it's several of them. I mean, especially our first, my first year, uh, we know we made it to the Elite Eight. You know, we lost to uh, the five Slammer Jammers. Oh, uh, Clyde and them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we lost to the five Slammer Jammers and, and the Keem. Actually, Clyde was gone. Oh, he was uh, gone? Okay. Was, yeah, Clyde, Clyde was, he was just there and um, it was right there and we you know, we did, we hung in there, we was there, we had the game one um, right then and there, but unfortunately, uh, right at the end, the King got some uncontested dunks and they won the Bennett, winning by like five or six points. Um, you know, I was a freshman year, year, I only played a few minutes, I got in and I was pissed off too, because I thought <laughs> I should have played more. Um, but that was, a, that was a good memory, but then, you know, of course, all the times that were, you know, your senior year, you know, you possibly almost been the player of the year uh, between you and Hard Harris Grant, uh, but they wound up getting at the Harris. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, leaving, you know, my senior day, you know, I had my mom in this audience, my sister, my brother, and, you know, you play in state, you put up 29 points, and uh, you just having a great game, you get your jersey retired. Um, so that was a special moment that you'll never forget. Uh, once you leave Wake Forest. Plus, I left, you know, the lead, you know, the all-time lead in the system step. So, man, that's that awesome. That's point. awesome. And, you know, my man Chris Paul went there as well. So, you know what he's doing with the steals and assists in the NBA. There's yeah, something that Wake Forest looks for in a point <laughs> guard right there. Um, so, now let's talk about the dream, you know, getting get to the NBA. 
you know, you, you know, you got a shot now. You're being talked about, you know, how, how are you able to handle that, that in between college to NBA uh, process and, and the draft? Well, this was the moment, you know, after college, I mean, here it is, you've been, you know, you're coming up representing the USA in the gold medal game where we was able to go there and, and, and win the gold. Myself, David Robson and that crew. Oh, and, yeah. How did yeah, I miss yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that was um, the last time a collegiate team won the gold medal. We oh. beat Sabonis and, um, you know, the Russian team in the final uh, but then you know that that will put put me on that, that stage, and I think okay. that's what gave the NBA guys the true essence of this guy is can be really play on that next level. And then he had that moment, you know, the day we got drafted was the, you know, he like I said myself, Reggie and 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 Reg, the, the two Reggies I should say, mm-hmm. we all in New York waiting to hear our name call. I mean, when you heard your name call, you know, the weight of the world was lifted off your shoulders. You know, and that's when you felt like, you know, hey, you made it. You know, you got an opportunity to go up there and shake the commissioner hand and put your head on, you know, just like all the other guys out do it. And, you know, I felt like I was representing all the short guys who didn't get that opportunity to go and shake commissioner hand. And so uh, it was a good moment, you know, and again, you know, changed the narrative of my entire family that day. Awesome, man. So you drafted to Charlotte. Go to Charlotte, Washington Bullets. Washington Bullets. Okay, so you were there. Yeah, yeah. So you were you there the same? Did you guys get drafted together? You and Manu Bowl? No, Manu was already there. Okay, he was there. He was already there, and Moses Malone was there. Actually, those are my guys, and many both rest in peace. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mo took me on this wing, and he kind of showed me the ropes of the do's and the don'ts of the NBA and how to survive in the NBA. So. I was so thankful for him, I and mean, we had so much fun. I mean, Newt, he was a treat. And yeah, he just yeah, and watching his son Bo Bo play, man. I'm hey, really I'm a big it. fan of Bo Bo. Yes, yes. I'm yeah. I'm such a big fan of Bo Bo. I got a chance to uh, see him through high school uh, as I was in L.A. and uh, Sharif mm-hmm. O'Neal. They played together, at Cal Supreme. And I saw him. I was like, oh, this dude is going to be amazing. You know, uh, yeah. so skilled. I just want them to just let him let him go. I mean, there's so much talent in Denver right now. But, oh, man, I love his game. Um, I, I wanted to bring up that you know, we talk about Manu, rest in peace. Uh, another guy that was awesome to see play and was very skillful. Um, there was that iconic picture of you and Manu kind of <laughs> like <laughs> – the shortest guy and the tallest guy. That was so awesome for me to see as a kid, man. Um, can you yeah. can you go into you guys' relationship and, and kind of playing uh, chemistry as well? Yeah, yeah. Newt was it like I said, he was he was a brother. He was a, a really brother. You know, great guy to play with. A joy to be around. I mean, he was so funny. I always talked about how he killed the line with a spear. And he like, come on, he killed the line with a spear. <laughs> what kind of lines you had? You know. But, <laughs> He, he loved telling that story, and uh, it was just a joy to be around. Uh, he and I always played one-on-one. I know we played one-on-one. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. In practice, yeah. We played one-on-one in practice, and Manute had this little shot where he had uh, to put it behind his head before he released it. And, you know, I had a little 44-inch vertical at the time. Oh, whoa, whoa, 44 is vert? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, I could get up a little bit, but and I wouldn't block, block the shot. Oh, man, he chased me around the entire gym for about 15 minutes. 
starting to become, uh, starting to still feel for one another to share the basketball. And I think the really uh, addition with Haywood coming on board, a veteran, mm -hmm. understanding how to still create his opportunities and not overshadow the young guy's role. And mm -hmm. I think that really was benefited the team along having relations already, having familiarity with uh, Charlie Bochier. Mm -hmm. So I think that chemistry kind of sped up itself. And the young fella, I think he really made a difference, you know, in the metal ball. Uh, people say how young he was, but being playing overseas, being a, point, a pass point guard first type of guy, I think the goal of the game has already slowed down and he understood, you know, the pace and the tempo of the game. And he came in and, and really, you know, elevated and, and made guys around him better and then start gaining more confidence and realized, you know, I can score as well. And, uh, and he put the team in a really good situation. And unfortunately, you know, he got hurt right now. Could be possibly out for the rest of the season. Yeah, he's going to make a strong comeback, man. We, yeah. we, we rooting for you, pulling for you, Melo, man. We'd love to see you play another young guy I saw through high school all the way up. Uh, uh, also, you know, Jordan is, uh, you know, he's the president, owner. He's everything, right? So, obviously, you guys had some history. You guys had some battles, man. Can you, can you share, you know, a little bit of, of some of that insight, you know, you guys coming in from from uh, college and then now you're playing against each other in, in the pros. Talk well, about MJ, that. Well, you know, MJ, you know, in college, you know, it was only one year we got a chance to play, play against each other. Of course, he was Michael Jordan, just Michael Jordan, striving to be that MJ guy. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and you saw the skill set. You saw him, you know, being able to be that polished guy to where once he got to that next level, to where the court was open a lot more, he had a lot more space. And then he could showcase, you know, the type of, you know, one-on-one -on -one ability that he had. And so it wasn't a surprise to us. Mm -hmm. um, and then playing against him in the league, I mean, of course, you know, we all know what happened. I mean, in terms of once we know where the ball is going, we all know where it's going and just trying to stop him. It's hard to stop But Lucky for me, I didn't have to because I played the point and he played the two. <laughs> So that was more or less for your daddy and them had to try to guard him and everything. So that was something that I had to deal with on day to day. Yes, sir. Play against the Bulls. So <laughs> who 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 is the matchup? You know, obviously Spud Webb is another one of those guys is an OG to me. Yeah. I'd love to have on the show. Uh talk about that matchup. I mean, you guys going at it um in the in your day. It's always fun to play against Spud. You know, and like I said, man, Spud played against each other in college. He was at NC State out of their way. Um, you know, kids, of course, when you're two small guys, you know, they're going to kind of compare. But we was totally different. You know, we totally had totally different games. We brought totally different skill sets to the, to, to the, to the game, and uh, we impacted in our own way. And uh, that's my all, you know, that's why I, my guy to this day always, um, because the way he was able to continue to show his – way of how to impact the game and in style and the manner he did it. Um, and then we always had those good little friendly battles. I know he, wherever he was, he played in Sacramento, Atlanta, especially when he was there with Nika Nellis, where they had a lot of big, uh, big time uh, guys that had some, I mean, Mike Fatella had the boys playing. Mm -hmm. And so had a lot of good battles with Charlotte and Atlanta. Um, so it was always fun, you know. We had some tough guards back then. We shit, Mark Price, Isaiah Thomas, Mitchell Magic. And, yeah. You know, from the Gary Payton to Tim Hardaway, Brian Fleming, Fat Lever, Michael Adams. I mean, I think. Ooh, Michael Adams, throwback. Charlie Porter, I mean, 
Miles Jackson, Kenny Smith, I mean, Mookie Blaylock. I mean, I can keep on going on. So many guys that played in the league. Eric Murdoch. I mean, so many guys. Steve mm-hmm. Coulter. So, so which one would you say was your toughest matchup, man? Because you're right, like, that day reminds me of this day. The point guard, it's just no breaks. Uh, Talk about your toughest matchup. Well, for me, I don't see any one of them as a toughest matchup because for me, you know, I'm the the guy that's totally different from them all. Mm. And, you know, I'm the small guy where they had to try to, you know, people thought they tried to post me up with an advantage, but for me, you know, it, it never bothered me because I understood the game and understood that guys who played that position wasn't familiar playing with their back towards the basket. Mm. And if, you know, guys, if teams have tried that for two or three possessions, it kind of take away from the guys who really got that ball down in the post because that's the way our game was played back then. You know, right. it starts in that post and you're going to throw it into the big guys and so forth. So uh, for me, but you had talking, you know, magic because of the hype and that sort of thing, you would say, but from, you know, and you would say a uh, guy like uh, Penny Hardaway, you know, guys like that, what they would say, well, you know, but I didn't look at it like that. Yeah, man, but they had to guard you too. Like, I don't yeah. want to discredit your game in no way because they had to guard <laughs> you too, and I know it was the problem. I remember, you know, if you came off a pick and roll, if you coming downhill, they got to deal with that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, man, like, uh, I, I also just – with 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 the game and your your size and your quickness and how you're able to get to the basket because even with uh, this show called buckets and breakdowns like how were you able to figure out your angles and the correct space and the glass to finish around the rim with a lot of those big guys trying to block everything and then also how were you able to you know keep your composure when you got your shot blocked? Well, believe it or not, I didn't get it blocked much. So that was really? the thing for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't get my shot blocked much at all. So hey, I may got a block in there, but not much. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, you know, it's all about timing. You know, it's all about timing. And back then, you know, our plate, out uh, paint, as you would call it, the inside mm-hmm. was stagnant. You know, it was where you didn't have, you couldn't, you know, these big guys were just camped in the middle. You ain't had that. Three seconds. Space where two to three seconds. You know, it's a lot of part of the year. So everybody was pretty much there. And you had to create, penetrate, and, and find those angles and get that float up mm-hmm. into the basket and that sort of thing. So you didn't get that shot blocked. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it was all for me, it was all about timing. You know, just you know, knowing how to release it and get it over the big fellas' uh, fingertips. What would you say was like a go to move that you had and a counter that, that you would go to that, you know, people couldn't just stop? Well, for me, it's just speed, you know, the quickness, you know, being able to change direction, either give them way, you know, keeping guys on their heels, you know, quickness was a thing. It wasn't any one one move. It was more of, it's all depends on how that how your feet is playing defense. And, you know, one little, one little hesitation will react and, you know, you can count off to that because of any little movement, it gives the defense a reaction because they don't know what you're going to do. You know what you're going to do. Right. And that's right. always been something I always kind of focus on. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Now, uh, I wanted to also talk about you. You mentioned you played with uh, Dale Curry. And obviously, Steph Curry is doing some amazing things, continues to, to me, I think he's going to go down as the greatest shooter of all time. Do you have any memories of seeing a young uh, Steph Curry and 
and his dad in those days? And, and did you expect him to be the Steph Curry we know today? Yeah, well, you know, Dale and I played 11 years together. So nine in Charlotte, two in Toronto. Mm -hmm. uh, Steph and my son, you know, they was in the gym. They were gym rats. You know, they were just hanging around. And I put together a little something on, on the internet where they showed me giving them a little plane ride in the locker room. Mm -hmm. and, and everything. Uh, that's how much he's been around that game. Uh, he's been just like a little sponge, soaking up information, and nobody knew what he was going to be. Nobody had no, no one thought that he'd turn out to be the player that he is today. But you credit that with his journey, with his understanding, and his willingness to want to be the player, and you know, understanding how to get better. You know how to, you know, because he's seen, you know, players of all statues, myself, a small player, overcome uh, his dad. You know, overcome everybody. So. That was something that he, you know, he flew from and he understood. So it was just a matter of him getting an opportunity. And once he got that opportunity, even though Virginia Tech turned him down and, you know, he decided to put Davidson and go to Davidson and put them on the map, then that's where, you know, the everybody in the nation knew what type of skill this kid had. And again, once he got to the lead and that wasn't it because he continued to develop. And I think I credit Mark Jackson being at the right place at the right time with the right coach, allowing him to understand the game and, and get some kind of answer. Because Mark has some familiarity with Steph, you know, when we was in Toronto. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and uh, so Steph trusted him enough to where, you know, he believed in him. And like I said, the rest is history. Shout out to Mark Jackson. I, I need to say this because uh, I remember an interview uh he told the world, I have two of the best shooters in the world like I've ever seen. And everybody thought he was a joke. And he's like, I'm completely serious. I, I played with Chris Mullen. I played with Reggie Miller. And what these two guys are doing, those two guys couldn't, couldn't match them shooting. So I just want to shout out to Mark because he was also a pivotal guy in my life early on as my dad played with him. Uh, with the Indiana Pacers, and I love his game as well. I got to get you on the show, Mark, and get some time. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, so that's awesome. That's awesome, and I, I can relate to that, uh, you know, growing up around the league myself. Yeah. Um, so I also, uh, with, with this show, like I said, we're talking about buckets. We're talking about breakdowns. Um, is there anything that you see in the league today, right, that, you know, the game evolves that you wish you could have put in your game or was able to do more that they're able to do more so now? Uh, put in my game? Well, I'm just enjoying the game where it is today. You know, our game was totally different. You know, people always actually, you know, they always say that the older guys are hating on the game, uh, hating on the younger players. But no, I don't think so. It's just more the game is different. And I enjoy it, you know, mm -hmm. because it was more of a, you know, back in the day, it was, it was a physical game. You know, it was more about defense mm -hmm. uh, in terms of not allowing guys to, you know, get to point A to point B and any means necessary within the, the rules, you know, you try to stop them. You know, now, there's, you know, it's this Florence free basketball because of the skill set and because of the entertainment and people want to see scoring. You know, mm -hmm. they want to see buckets, you know, and that's what they want to see. And, uh, and guys, in this generation, you know, the younger guys, that's what they practice. You got now, got to shoot from the half court, in which, you know, it's not a bad shot anymore. You know, that's within their, their range. And you got seven footers facing the court, bringing it up. We had seven footers playing their backs with the basket. 
So, you know, it's nothing that you, you know, you wish you had or wish it ended, just the timing, you know. And for me, I always, you look at life in that regard. And, uh, and that's how I evaluate it. And I like to say, I enjoy it. I enjoy where the game is today and with these guys, kids, the guys bring to the table. That's awesome. Now, as being a fan of the game still to this day, is there anybody that you've seen uh, since you retired or anybody that maybe reminds you of yourself that you see a little bit of yourself or maybe, oh, man, I used to do that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, unfortunately for me, there's nobody out there that's small. You know, they play the game the way I play it. And, uh, you know, but, you know, Patrick Beverly tries to play Lord 94 feet. He tries to push up and you know, get up under your skin and that sort of thing and, and, and kind of, but I was more or less the the, the, the guy that irritated you, but it was in a more of a, a humbling and a good way where they were just like, damn, she's a pest, you know, so and that sort of guy. But, um, but you know, guys, uh, today, you, I guess you can't get as physical as you want, you know, you once did, because uh, you know, I guess they want to see the offense have a little more free with it or lead with it, I should say. Yeah, awesome, man. I, yeah. I, I'm not going to hold you too much. I also just want to, you know, leave some people with some advice. Uh, is, is, is you, you see a lot of young guys, young point guards and different things uh, along the way and, uh, that want to make it and, and, and the same type of stature that you have. Do you have any, any advice for some, some guards uh, along their journey uh, that may be facing the same adversity that you had along the way? For one, don't give up. You know, you believe in yourself, and you know, because that's where it all starts. Um, and take it out on the court. You know, we gotta play the game a little different than others. The six foot, the bigger, taller guys play. We can't play the game the way they play. And I always try to tell the smaller guys, in a sense, that where we gotta change it in a way where we impact it more so on the defensive end. Uh, and then once we get that thing off us, that we put so much pressure penetrate and make guys run out better, being able to run our team, you know, in that regard, at the same time, keeping us on the floor, um, because that's the most important thing, being able to be on the floor and having that understanding, you know, that you do belong, because when you're small, you know, you feel like you got to go out there and score 30 points just to feel like you belong, you know, that ain't so much the case, you know, as long as you understand the game and you're running your team, your extension of your coach, um, you're making guys better. Um, you, you're keeping the offense and the defense at a tempo to where you understand what it is. And it ain't just been, and it's just not a point guard situation. You could be an undersized player, you know, and just having that same understanding. But you got to work on the skill set and knowing what position that you're playing and how to operate. Because today's game, right now, it's not even about positions. It's mm -hmm. about where, what type of skill set you bring to the table because you're playing small ball these days. Um, so, but it's, it, it comes to mostly down to yourself, you know, having the confidence within you, not letting anybody take away your passion or your joy um, by telling you something that negatively and what they think of you because no one can be an expert on your life. No one knows your potential, know your capabilities or how big your heart is besides yourself. And that's awesome. And like, once again, I just appreciate you taking the time and I, I want to continue to stay in touch with you, Muggs. Um, I, I work with a lot of young kids um and and also their parents and different things uh you know trying to get their kids to the next level and uh i appreciate you shedding all of your wisdom with us and you know this helps me help them uh and anybody else that taps into this podcast 
Shout out to Ballers Life, the good folks over there. We're going to sign out right here. <laughs> I'm your host, you Coach go. Thomas Scott, the legend, Mr. Muggsy Bogues. We appreciate your time, man. Thank you. Uh, Go ahead, I my appreciate bad. You, boy. No, no, I'm my bad. This is your show. I appreciate you. No, man. man. Having me on, baby. I appreciate you for having me on. I'm so proud of you, man. You're doing your thing. And uh, again, you know, to you and your family, you know, and your loved ones, man. All the success and much blessings to you. Tell your tell your pops. I'll be hollering out to him, and you know, we definitely gonna stay in touch. Yeah, for sure. We gotta we gotta link up in those Bahamas again, man. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, we actually be going over in July. Yeah, I'm gonna be there. Yeah. I'm gonna be there. I'll see okay. you there. there All you right, go. y'all. Y'all stay up. Keep working on your game. Buckets and breakdowns, Coach Thomas Scott, and we out.